So here we are, Podskier, with another gorilla interview. Today we have got with us Deverin. Deverin, how are you? I'm doing all right. So it is after midnight. <laughs> that's where they let it all go down. I think that's what the song says, right? <laughs> let it all hang down. <laughs> so, Deverin, tell us about yourself and your podcast, and, uh, and give us where we can find you and all that stuff, and then we'll get into being personal. <laughs> right. Uh, my name is Benjamin, but I go by Deverin online. Uh, I am the writer and director of uh, Cyberscape Neo, a uh, science fantasy audio fiction series, uh, currently seven episodes strong, eighth might be coming soon. Um, nice. A little about me. Uh, I, I only really picked up writing as of my 29th birthday last year. And it's mostly uh, skills I've developed over a long time, whether it's like internet chat, because I used to do a lot of uh, long format writing, even in chat, like personal messages and stuff. And uh, then I kind of just picked up, uh, I didn't really want to do prose, uh, novel writing, all that kind of stuff. I much rather just prefer a uh, freeform script. Yeah. And so developed my own style, got someone that uh, knew how to actually do uh, real, like, uh, Hollywood scripting and stuff, went to college for it. And then he reviewed all my stuff, kind of cleaned up my style. And then I kind of just built it from there. Excellent. So, yeah. So, uh, tell me where Deverin comes in. Uh, that is 2008 or 2009. I went to Gen Con, uh, the Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, tabletop role-playing and card gaming and, uh, everything, uh, convention. Um, I did a game with Son, uh, Sean Patrick Fannin, who is one of the original writers for Hero System, I believe, Savage Worlds, and uh, he made his own system, Shintar. He ran a uh, game with his new book, Shintar, and uh, I ended up playing a paladin called Deverin, and I made that name, made the character, and just started using it as an in, uh, online handle after I'd used it in 20 or so MMORPGs online. I'm a gamer, so. Yeah. <laughs> so there yeah. seems to be a lot of crossover between gaming and podcasting. Uh, yeah. There's a ton. I mean, I, I, like the last two the last two interviews that I did were both tabletop gaming podcasts. So the, there seems to be a lot of crossover between that that and um, a lot of true crime. There's, <laughs> there's, there's like a whole bunch of both of those. Uh, yeah. So I, and I, and I, yeah, I can see how both of those, those instances, those, those genres can translate well into podcasting. So what made you decide to go from what you were doing with role-playing into doing your, your podcast that you do? Um, I have a little bit of a, a sad inspiration. My life has not been that great. Um, my mother passed away when she was 29. I was just four. So when I was turned 29, um, I kind of felt that shadow hanging over me. Um, not like I knew it was going to die that year, but nothing crazy or cursed like that. But, you know, uh, just the thought wouldn't get off of my head. So I, uh, it's like uh, an early midlife crisis where I'm like, I need to know I'm starting something now. Because uh, I was at that point in my life where I'd just gotten a condo and I was just like, I have five to $600 a month of disposable income. I can either throw that at a mortgage and then pay it off 10 years earlier, or I can actually do something with my life that actually has my name on it. So a lot of things came in together at around the same time. I decided to just commit to it. Um, this is also having to do with something else that I'm like really embarrassed about, which is that 
uh, ever since late elementary school, middle school, all that stuff, I wanted to be involved in game design, you mm. know, making video games as a lot of kids do. Oh yeah. I was it's there. an awful I was industry to work in right now. <laughs> um, but I, I read a lot of books and they, uh, a lot of them in one way or another, try to point you towards what they call a, um, a dartboard, which is, select what your dream career is. And that's kind of at the bullseye in the middle, but try to find everything else that's scattered around it. That is a similar career or might let you work with those people to try to get closer to the bullseye as you move along in your career, mm. whether that's working in the same office of them, working across the street, but being affiliated with that company, being an accountant, anything you can do. So I had gone from, can I do art? No, I'm terrible. <laughs> uh, can I do music? No, I can sing, but that's about it. Um, I do karaoke. Um, uh, like, can I code? I tried for two years. Uh, I <laughs> seriously tried. Not everyone can do it. And I had come all the way full circle. Like, I don't even like prose. Like, I really do not want to write novels. Like, that stuff takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of editors. Other people's opinions really matter more than yours, yours do to actually get published first. Mm. And I came across uh, script writing. And it all just came together right at the same time where I had ideas I've been wanting to do for a long time. Yeah. I just threw it on a page, showed one of my good friends online in the voice acting community. And when they said, hey, that's really cool, I just kept writing. And uh, a couple months later, I had already gotten the first episode done. I already had a whole bunch of people that had uh, uh, tried to actually get into the casting call for that. And I picked up a lot of the people that didn't make it into the first episode to bring on for a lot of the other characters. And I already had a huge cast at the time. Mm. So that's kind of how it started, how it began, and just how that kept rolling. Nice. Um, as for the themes of the actual series itself, uh, Cyberscape Neo involves, um, it's a bit of uh, psychology, existentialism. Um, I like to say it has themes of uh, alternate afterlife. Uh, it's isekai. It's a Japanese term for portal fantasy, essentially, but they kind of, you know, it's, it's its own thing. Right. Um, where essentially a lot of the story takes place somewhere else where the rules and physics of the world are kind of set by the author and not by your own relevance, uh, in the real life of what you know. Um, and so most of the story takes place inside of the, uh, VR MMORPG called Cyberscape Neo. And one of the main characters, Roland, uh, before entering that, uh, he had been diagnosed with uh, a brain tumor that was going to be fatal within the next month or so. Only had, you know, numbers of weeks left to live. Yeah. But he was approached by the CEO of a company that actually ran and created this game uh, and said, uh, we could instead migrate your mind into this cyberscape and you could live forever uh, so long as you just lived inside of here. And so... He accepts, and uh, the episode one starts with the three years after. He's been in Cyberscape for three years. He's played dozens of MMORPGs, uh, basically the back catalog of all these games. And now this new one that's released, Cyberscape Neo, uh, all the previous ones don't really take into consideration what he is, uh, which is a synthetic user. Essentially, he's not really a normal player of the game. He's just kind of written onto the database, kind of just existing there. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the term NPC, non-playable character. Non-player character, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
he kind of acts like, uh, or he appears like that to other players, where he kind of just looks like he's a merchant or something like that that's just kind of running around like a player does, and people don't really know what he's doing. They either kind of leave him alone, or they just put up like a, a, a ticket somewhere saying, hey, this thing is really messed up. You know, can you go ahead and look into that? You know, and it's kind of yeah. like, kind of like uh, the the uh, the Og character from uh, from Ready Player One in a way. <laughs> so he just yeah he can, he can travel anywhere, be invisible, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Kind of break the rules because they yeah. don't really apply to him. Um, right. Cyberscape Neo was the first game that actually uh, was designed with people like him in mind for certain purposes that you'll learn throughout the story. Um, Roland is one of the characters in the story. Um, even though he's one of the main characters, it's mostly his themes that play a lot of the relevance in the story, even though he doesn't get a lot of screen time himself. Right. It's explored by a lot of characters via two main perspectives. Uh, a different group of um, uh, synthetic users that are also dealing with this that have more grouped up rather than you know being solo like Roland was for so long, as well as players that are actually looking at this as an experienced group of people that have played a whole bunch of games, have experience, and are coming in for their own reasons of enjoyment, addiction, you know, wanting to prove something inside of a game because they have nothing else to do, uh, as opposed to the synthetic users that this is literally their life. Right. Um, so I love that as a contrast of perspectives. It's one of the major themes of the story. And I think anyone that enjoys gaming loves the psychology of it, the, um, the social aspect of uh, existing in a video game, but also communicating with people that are not in your same circumstance. And like an RP that goes too far, perhaps for them. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, I've loved this. Nice. So, so what's your process for? Well, first one. First, let me ask this: what What do you see as the difference between script writing and prose writing? That for you, that what works for you with script writing that does not work for you for prose? Right. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is that he said, she said. Uh, anything where you're like, uh. You know, he said, comma, you know, mm -hmm. parentheses, the quote ending, and then you have like where he said it, how he said it, all that kind of stuff. I would okay. rather just put that in a parentheses and say, this is how you perform the line. This is the delivery. Okay. Just do it. You're giving um, direction. Yeah. I would much rather you hear everything like it's an audiobook, with there not really being me having to format everything in a way that kind of just looks weird. Uh, there's a lot of people that read a lot of books that they kind of just skim through that. None of that really bothers them, but me when writing it, it bothers me. So yeah. that's, that's, yeah, that's the yeah, thing. Well, you got to fight. You got to have your comfort zone. Yeah. So I could probably write it in a few years after I've gotten enough script writing down and it wouldn't bother me as much, especially when it's all just automatic to me. Right. But starting out and doing my first major project like this, cause I haven't done any smaller things. And this is, I, I just finished writing, um, season one. And I have three more to go and then more content after that because I plan on writing for, you know, video game projects, visual novel projects. This is going to be an IP, not just a short story. Excellent. So, yeah. So, uh, quick switch. Uh, what do you what do you like to sing when you do karaoke? Um, my favorite song, even though it hurts my throat to do it, is uh, Limp Biscuit My Way. I like to do a rock version of that. <laughs> okay. Um. My favorite that my friends tell me to do is uh, CCR. Oh, uh, God, no. Fortunate Son. Oh. Yeah, there's a lot of people that get old. Uh, that gets old to them. But uh, I, I well, in my opinion, this is my my personal opinion. And everybody that are, are <laughs> that's around me knows it. 
I hate CCR with a passion. I've been known to get up and leave a place when the, when CCR comes on on the on the overhead music. Right. I will, I will. I I mean, it's like it's like ah, and then I have to walk out. <laughs> I mean, it's it comes on in the car, uh, you know, because I'm an old guy. I listen to some classic rock. Right? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'll hear it. Co- I will hear just the first couple of bars, and I know it. I'm like ah. <laughs> it's like when you see a spider and you have to squish it. Yeah, that's, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but my wife and I uh, do karaoke. We used to host karaoke for a long time. Oh, nice! And so, yeah, my 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 go to is always Johnny Cash. So, oh, hello, I'm Johnny Cash. So that's that's <laughs> that's my range basically. I used to play in a rockabilly band. She does oh. a lot of mostly. Well, she does a lot of old school R and B, and then because uh, she grew up with that with her dad. Uh, and mm-hmm. then she, she likes a lot, a lot of the nineties pop stuff since that's when she's, she, her, uh, her high school years. So. Right. I've actually been told that, uh, I sing some stuff that, uh, reminds people of their graduation. Um, uh, sister Hazel, all for you. Um, let's see Metallica until it sleeps. Mm. I can do mother by Danzig. Nice. Um, uh, I can do the low like, part of that, but not when it gets too loud, too high. <laughs> oh Yeah. About the um, only one that I can do where it gets where it gets high is I can I can for some reason hit the falsetto on uh, "Fucker Gently" by Tenacious D. <laughs> <laughs> that comes on like uh, every two to three weeks, and yep. uh, sometimes that's the bartender that does it because everyone just finds it hilarious. Because <laughs> I mean, yeah. you're not gonna boo the bartender. I mean, no, <laughs> no. no, you, you, you want good that. drinks. You don't want watered down drinks. <laughs> They're cheap so, enough where I go, which is great. <laughs> so what's your so what's your process for writing your scripts? Right. Um, I'm very freeform with it, but uh, I do a draft either in Notepad or in Google Docs, and it's formatted. Uh, I write a lot more um, what I call a motive blurb than a lot of other people do. Uh, some people will just write scared or anxious, you know, just one word comments. Mm-hmm. I will write out kind of what you would do in prose between lines and describe an entire uh, emotional difference between the last line you did or how you're responding to the last line. So I'll do an entire line of that. So you actually know exactly how you're supposed to be acting. I direct through my script. So that's kind of how I do that. Um, So I'll have a very wordy um, script that I actually do. And then I, I used to take it into uh, Amazon uh, script writer uh, but that's actually a service that they just shut down. Like, uh, what was it? November last year. Mm. So I had to actually do a couple of things. Uh, very, uh, I had to finalize a lot of scripts really soon, uh, after doing it. And I actually took a vacation, uh, to write all of episode 10 so I can get that in, which really sucked. Yeah. Um, but pretty much any script writing thing that actually lets you select a action script versus uh, parenthetical versus uh, just how you do your thing. Uh, It'll work. It just takes a little bit of time, but is there anything specific that you're wondering about the script process? Well, I mean, I guess how you, well, I mean, I do find the, the idea of script writing intriguing, which is, I mean, it's different from how you write prose, which is just, you just sit down and, Blah, 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 it goes out and i know that yeah. with script writing there's you know you do have directions or enters from left or whatever all those t- types of things right so uh, so yeah i guess number one how you your process about where you get the idea how you write that and then how you do your 
your parentheticals or how you, however you do those directions. Uh, yeah. And what, you know, what's your favorite script writing to use? I mean, cause there's, you know, there's folks who may be interested in getting to that and would like to know what you're using. Uh, well, Amazon Scriptwriter was my favorite cause it's extremely lightweight, but that doesn't exist anymore. Um, I'm going to be trying to get into a lot of, uh, different things because a lot of people are into Scrivener. I've never even looked at it before. I've heard that. Um, name. Yeah, I have another one that I downloaded, but uh, let me see if I can spot on my desktop in a second. Uh, Scenerist. Uh, that one's made by, uh, I think it's a Eastern European or Russian company. Um, I, I opened it up a few times. So I'm going to try it out. It basically it looks like a DOS prompt, but it's for script writing. And it works just fine, but I just don't have a lot of time in it. Um, but that's for my actual process, like how I actually write. I know, uh, like other people uh, that write, uh, I'm probably not the best at it, but um, the things that we do know, the things that are important to know is uh, what, where are you now and where do you want to be? There's a lot of gaps in the middle there, but the way that I actually do this is, uh, have you ever heard of Zeno's Paradox? No. Okay. Uh, that is, uh, I think it's a Greek um, paradox where uh, to be able to shoot an arrow between yourself and a target that's 100 yards away, you need that arrow to have passed 50 yards first. That's a halfway point. Mm -hmm. Or it's actually gotten between you and the halfway point, it needs to make it 25 yards. And you just continue actually cutting that down to the point where you have to look at an infinite number of steps from that to actually go forward that you can never actually make it to the end. You can look at everything in such a minute detail uh, between here and where you need to be, setting new goals closer and closer to yourself you can actually see what you need to write next. Okay. Um, you see it a lot more when you're actually writing and have kind of like the next step going. But for me, it's, I know what the end of the entire story is. Uh, what are the kind of themes and things like that, that I need to set up the characters to feel the way they are, to be in the place where they are, to come into the scene at the right time. Um, and for all that to be set up for a number of experiences to have happened for them to actually be set up for that. Um, then you need to actually say, what are good uh, ending points for each season or e each episode even to say enough has happened for each character to actually have said, uh, this is an experience that will be shared with the audience to say, uh, this will be last and remembered to the end of the season, you know, so that that stuff registers with them that when at the very end of the story, they'll actually recognize the character's path. Uh, okay. That's very long-winded, but... Yeah. In general, that lets me take every single step forward with every character because I know, in general, where they're going, whether they turn left or right, if that's going to be the right setup for what I need to do next. Um, a lot of other people are very much just... Uh, I, I'm a pantser as well. I, I do this stuff and I kind of guide myself in those directions. Mm. Um, but a lot of people are pure pantsers where they never actually look at a lot of the stuff that happens ahead. They just kind of live with the character like they're playing a D&D &D game. They're the DM and the players. They just go. Uh, okay. I can't do that. <laughs> sure. Um, cause there's so really this, 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 your process works for you and may not yeah. work for others. <laughs> there's all types of writers. Uh, right. I'm not going to stop them cause they write good stuff. I hope they don't try to stop me cause well they can't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I'm very much the kind of person that I see those, uh, action scenes and movies and Japanese animation and all the stuff I'm a fan of. And I'm like, I'd really love to be able to see a scene like this, where instead of this person not taking any action, which was kind of boring, you know, they actually did this kind of thing. 
And I realize it's a little bit difficult to set up those scenes where everyone comes in at the right time, actually has the motivation to do that cool thing you wanted them to do. <laughs> and in the end, it actually happens. Uh, and it happens with a really good, you know, oomph at the end. Yeah. Um, but I look at those scenes I specifically want to set up and they're scattered throughout the entire season. And I'm like, I need to figure out exactly what I need to do now. So it's not rushed by the time I get there for them to be set up to immediately just do it. Um, and that's kind of what I do. I try to go from one scene to another. That's really cool uh, for every character to grow. So how, how many episodes do you have in a season that you have? Um, do, you, do you have a certain number? Like I've got to do 10 in a season or I'm doing 10. Um, okay. Yeah. It's no hard and fast rule. I could have gone to 13, but uh, in fact, episode 10 is a double length one. Cause when I was writing it, I realized there's so much left I needed to actually do, or perhaps the fight scene goes on for extremely long, but I'm not going to cut any of it out. Cause you know, it's really intense. Right. So, uh, so, hmm? Oh, yeah, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, I don't really like to stop anywhere. Uh, the 10 was really just a good point for me to go for even numbers. Uh, I think I was originally set to do 12, but I realized uh, with the number of seasons I wanted to do, I actually added an entire season that I wanted to do. I'm going to do a prequel arc as well as arc one, two, and three. And that I think is going to be the next thing I do because there's a lot of characters. And I realized I never really introduced them all properly for you to know their relevance and true mm -hmm. motives. Uh, you get to know their motives through their personality, but I also need to back it up because I also wasn't going to write an entire season before anything cool happened. Give a little so, backstory. Yeah. But now that I've written the entire first season, I can actually make the prequel kind of cool because everything actually has stakes now that you know what they are and where they were in the future. Um, so you, are you doing are you doing a prequel or are you doing fl like flashback scenes of them? It's all going to be a prequel. Um, okay. Yeah, episode one of the next arc we're doing is 15 years in the past uh, where everything started. Basically, episode one of season one, uh, you'll be seeing some stuff that's being talked about for episode one of season two because it's where everything started. And uh, when Roland's explaining his situation, there's a lot of that stuff that uh, he says a lot more than you think he's saying because he knows what he can't tell people because he's under NDA because of his situation. Okay. <laughs> uh, so it, it's, it's interesting. He does a monologue, but he still kind of keeps stuff to himself. Nice. So how many, how many people are in your cast? Uh, at least 25. Uh, I have a lot of, um, wow. people that are playing minor characters, uh, in arc one, there are 11, technically 13 major characters. Wow. How is that? How do you control that? <laughs> um, it really sucks that they're like, there's so little screen time sometimes. And sometimes mm -hmm. people don't make it into an episode. But like I said, I have two major teams of five, uh, five of the player characters, five of the synthetic users. And it's really interesting to pair them up into different teams as the scenes go on to actually let them know what the relationship they all have with each other, as well as when you're clashing players against the synthetic users, you know, uh, how exactly you would see them uh, facing off against certain people in conversation versus actually fighting them. You know, sometimes their personalities kind of show each other. But you just never try to do a scene where one person's by themselves because they have to talk with somebody. Um, and once you actually have two people, it's not too hard to write three people, sometimes four, as long as that fourth person's not always cutting in. Um, so large numbers was kind of the point. Um, 
So when, is that so you have you you have like 30 characters. Do you have actually 30 actors doing all of those or do you have somebody who does individual uh, I do actually have 30 actors. Um wow. so I actually started writing this like I said when I had talked with people in the voice acting community. Right. Uh, I'm part of the uh voice acting club which is headed up by uh, Kira Buckland, who actually plays 2B uh, in um, Near Automata, as well as some other projects. Um, so there are some uh, major voice actors there. There's also some ones that are just jumping into pro scene now. There's mm -hmm. some semi-pro, and I work with a, with a lot of them. That's actually who most of my cast is. Okay. Um, and part of the start of my project was actually uh, being able to benefit off of a synergistic relationship. I wanted to write something that's high quality as well as with uh, fully immersive and produced content because I have two really talented uh, audio engineers as well. And I wanted to put them all up on pedestals because they already have like uh, the skill necessary. They just might not actually have the resume and portfolio for it. Right. So I wanted to make a really good thing to show them off. Well, I also wanted to make a production where my writing gets to be showed off. Uh, so do, now, do you do you do any of the voice acting for this? Uh, I've shown up only in uh, episode 3.5, which is a, uh, that was our holiday special from 2018. Um, so it's not canon. Uh, and I'm, I'm as myself as the director. I'm not actually okay. one of the characters. It's just commentary. <laughs> okay. Um, but I, I, there's a lot of self-insertion, uh, maybe not directly from my life, but from my viewpoints. And also uh, there's a lot of people that after meeting me and they listen to episode one, they asked me, wait, did you voice act Roland? That sounds a little bit like you, but, not exactly, but I know you're a voice actor, so maybe that was you. No, but when I was writing it, I didn't know who was going to be playing it. In the end, I might have actually done it. But the funny thing is I actually wrote him with my own voice mannerisms. So he actually <laughs> sounds like me rather than me almost sounding like him. So uh, that was actually kind of funny because a lot of people have asked that. Um, but yeah, so I, I actually came from a Discord full of people that wanted work. So I had no shortage of actors. Now, do you have to pay all of these 30 characters? I refuse not to pay them. So wow. how much is that? Just I mean, out of curiosity, how, how much does that cost? Uh, sans the marketing stuff and merch that I'm actually currently buying up to be able to resell later. We were about 6,000 under uh, by the time I was at uh, finished writing episode 10. We're about to release episode eight soon. I don't really have a schedule for it because the audio engineers are still working on it. So I imagine the entire first season fully produced about $7,000. Wow. So, well, that's, I mean, if you think about it, that's actually not bad. Yeah. I mean, no. So what, I mean, what is it for a, like for a semi-pro actor, a voice actor, what is that? I mean, what's the, what's the going average rate, I guess. There's rate sheets on that uh, discord. Um, okay. I think but... I, I think I joined it because I was curious about, voice acting myself because uh, I was actually looking at doing some pod fic right um, but um, I haven't gone that route just yet but I'm I'm definitely interested yeah I'm very transparent about it myself um, there's a lot of indie projects that are either free or non-paying or pay like maybe five dollars for roll because they really just want to say I, I'm gonna do my best but that's all I can do um, I have a rate which is 10 cents per word rounded up to the nearest five dollars. If you play an extra and you only have three words, I'm still paying you five bucks. Okay. If you do exactly 49 words, I'll, I'll pay you five bucks. But honestly, I'd probably just round it up or give you some retakes or something like that. Just give you 10. 
Um, oftentimes I'll pay them more than what their actual thing is if they get close enough to the next margin. The average rates uh, I believe I've seen on the rate sheet is between 15 and 20 uh, cents per word. But because of my rounding, I, I'm generally around there anyway. Mm. Um, but mostly this is going to be a large project where people reprise roles and it's a higher quality project. So there's a lot of people that are okay with it. Right. Um, so moving into the next season, which is going to take a while because we, I still yet to write it. I'm not going to write it until we're actually done with the first one. I know where we're going. Um, I will probably double that. And it's not because uh, I feel I'm going to lose them otherwise. It's because once we're more established, I know this is something I'm going to fully invest in. And I'm going to be taking a lot more time to do it. Instead of just trying to write episode one, I have all the way through episode five partially written, but one's done. Let's go with number one. Let's do it. And then I actually get everyone involved and then do it. And then I'm in a constant rat race. So I'm trying to keep ahead of their production. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I'm going to write everything, have everything ready. They're going to be able to just record all episode one through 10 all at once. And then all that money just goes out at once once I've saved it up. Um, having an actual budget like that helps. And you are going to be trusted a lot more when you're doing it all at once because Voice actors don't want to be paid $500 over the course of a year and a half. They would rather be paid it in a month. <laughs> right. Yeah. Makes so, sense. Yeah. But production takes a while and they're not professional yet. Um, but this is kind of helping them get there. Uh, and I'm getting there as well because before this, I was no, I was not professional either. Um, right. So it's all a learning experience. And honestly, the only thing stopping you from being called professional is just doing it. Or at least giving it a really good shot and not giving up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think if I was professional, I would. That's the only thing I would be doing. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that would be my that would be my income. <laughs> so that, that's what's going to pay the mortgage. Mortgage. I, I mean, I would love to be able to make this pay, but uh, I'm not seeing that just yet. <laughs> yeah, same. Uh, me, uh, I've uh, dropped about three, four hundred dollars into uh, merch supplies, so I can actually try to sell stuff. Um, mm. I'll go ahead and plug that right now. I actually sure. just ordered a lot of these. Those, those uh, keychains? Yeah, it's a key charm. Uh, it has holographic on one side. It's made of acrylic. And that's nice. actually the uh, the art of uh, one of the main characters, Myra. Uh, nice. She's one of the characters that Roland meets in the first episode uh, because she is the server. Uh, ah. Yeah, so the MMORPG. The the admin. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> so so how much is i mean how much is where do you go to get those made number one and how much does it cost to have those made for those who are interested in doing something like that uh as i have been told uh people like to keep trade secrets because whenever you have someone that does stuff like that for a certain mm -hmm. price you don't want someone else you know cutting ah. into that business and then trying to raise the price up i see um but i will tell you go to alibaba or aliexpress because that's typically where it's basically the manufacturer level of etsy uh okay. and try to find someone who creates the style of what you're looking for uh the people that do the stuff for me in acrylic with the holographic and stuff like that may be nice but maybe it doesn't fit the theme of what you're doing sure. um maybe you want something that's more knit style or maybe you want something that has like a metallic border on it i i don't know but what uh, you would end up doing is you would uh, you would contact one of those creators. Some of them have Twitters, which is really convenient. Um, and then you would uh, look at what their minimum is, because some of them have a minimum of uh, 100, some of them a minimum of 1,000. So you might want to be ready to have a good 
200 $300 for like a first set that you're getting from them, uh, or else you just look super cheap and they're probably not going to want to do more business with you. Um, but you also need to make sure you have an official art piece that is a uh, PNG or a uh, Photoshop file, high enough quality that they're going to be able to stretch it out, shrink it right. down, and still have the quality. And that uh, it's going to be that you know the correct sizes and the correct prices so that you're not asking them to do something that's stupid. Um, the overall price that I had for those for creation when I got, uh, ordered 100 at a time was uh, about $1.80 each. And getting them shipped here was about uh, 40 cents each because it's overseas. So I made about 225 total per one of those. Shipping them out from me to anywhere else in the United States is about $3 each because I'm selling them one at a time. Uh, so I, I have them listed at 12 bucks per. Um, so yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's a big market. So, yeah. but honestly, if you're getting them, you're supporting me. So that's kind of the Yeah, point. totally. Yeah, that I, totally makes sense. I, I, uh, I, I never know kind of what to reprice for myself you know, merch like t-shirts and things like that. Yeah. Uh, right. Currently right now I'm just doing uh on demand uh, stuff with a friend of ours who runs an on demand t-shirt and other merch printing type stuff. Yeah. So just letting it go at that. And, <laughs> and then, cause I, you know, kind of like you, I run everything. I mean, I, I do the social media, I do the merch stuff. I do the production. I will, I, I do the production and editing. So I know you're, you're saying you're farming that out, uh, which makes sense with what you're doing. Cause you've got a lot of people where it's in, and for my case, it's usually just me and my co-host and my co-host who's out right now with bronchitis. Sorry, Don, <laughs> but, uh, he, uh, but it's usually like three of us. And so it's, not so hard to mix three people together like yeah. this. Yeah. But you're talking multiple, multiple characters. That's yeah. That's a little bit more daunting and yeah. Yeah, not something. I mean, I know I have struggles sometimes just to get something because we usually do this once a week uh, and it's a struggle sometime to get, to make that happen. Cause I do two podcasts. So, yeah. <laughs> so do you do any other podcasts or is this, this is your baby and that's all you're doing? Uh, this is it. Um, I, it's hard for me to actually talk uh, about podcasting specifically because uh, the intention of this project is not actually to be just a podcast. I chose audio because if you could build just the basement of a house and only spend $20,000 and then build the rest of it later, you know, uh, since you have a really good foundation, you'd probably go that way because as long as you knew it wasn't going to get tarnished over time, you know, it saves you a lot of money in the end to actually know that's my plot of land. It's not going to go anywhere. Right. Um, the way I'm doing this is I'm starting with the audio first. Okay. I want to make a video game. I want to make a visual novel. Thing is, if I have the audio, I can do that. This is step one. So, right. um, so after uh, arc one is completely done, there's some remixing we have to do because we have to replace some of the music and we're going to try to replace everything with an actually completed score. Um, and then we're going to be releasing an animated version of the entire first season once we actually get the resources to do so, which will probably double the entire budget. But I want to make something with my name on it that's an animated series. And a lot of people don't get to do that. And a lot of people start with podcasting and just finish there because that's their only intention. I plan on going further. But I also don't want to tarnish the name of podcasters because that's not my intention. I'm just making something that serves multiple purposes and I'll keep the podcast where it is even when we have the uh, animated version um are you, are you thinking because i mean i think this also lends itself very well to graphic novels 
So, and I know lots of folks would love something like that. Yes. Uh, my script would go perfectly into an actual comic, webcomic, graphic novel, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it just feels bad because I actually know uh, a lot of these voice casts uh, are actually my friends now, and you can't do that in a graphic novel. A, a visual novel you can do, and that's something I plan on doing, uh, which is kind of the animation style we're going for, but a little bit more high tech. Okay. Um, like I could release this on Steam later if I wanted to, but I'd like the actual production we're making to be something that people can enjoy for free. Uh, I might get ad revenue from it from YouTube and stuff like that because that's where we plan on releasing. Um, but if people want to buy merch and that's how I actually make my money back from this, great. Um, that's kind of how I want to go. I, I really don't want to charge people if I don't have to, but a lot of the support I'd love people to be able to bring my way once we're actually there, and it's something people want to see continue. Do you have sponsors or anything? Uh, I have one angel investor, which actually helps make this possible, but we're still at about even contribution. Um, I'm not made of money. I'm doing this for my day job. Um, so luckily we haven't fallen through. We had a moment where I was a bit scared where I'd have to hold off for about six months and like recoup myself. But that's when uh, the investor came in and said, I want to see this get finished. We're going to do this. Um, very lucky. But they saw the quality of the product and they're like, you're not going to stop doing this. <laughs> um, well, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, having, having folks who believe in you, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like we just recently went through an Indiegogo campaign to upgrade gear, which is how we ended up with the Roadcaster Pro and SM7B microphones and all yep. that kind of stuff. Uh, acoustic tiling and that stuff for our room. So it's good to know. I mean, it's, it's weird, for, I mean, especially for me, what, when we started this, this podcast and then our other podcast, which is, I don't know if you watch, uh, if you watch Hulu or not, but the TV series Letterkenny, the Canadian TV series, uh, we do, I do I have another podcast about that called how are you now? Um, and it was originally, we just kind of did this cause we just expected some of our friends to listen. And now going beyond that <laughs> to across the globe where we have people in New Zealand and Australia and China and India and, and seeing people donate to our cause to help help us upgrade our gear uh, is really inspiring. So I I I really like the podcast community mm -hmm. uh, as a whole, uh, just because they, you know, when when they find something that they 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 find inspiring, like especially what you're doing, it sounds amazing. Uh, I can't see that you're not going to grow additionally uh, as 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 you keep going and you know making your dream a reality. Yeah, that sounds really awesome. I've heard people call this my magnum opus, and I didn't even think about it until someone actually <laughs> like brought it up to me. I'm like, yeah, because uh, the last person that interviewed me, they're like, what do you see yourself doing in five years? I'm like, I'm still going to be writing this. I mean, it, it's going to be busy. I'm going to I'm the project lead. I'm the writer, the, the director, the executive producer, you know, all this kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, it, it's going to take me a while. Because even after I'm done writing Arc 2, maybe some company approaches me and actually wants to do uh, a game based off of it, and I have to license it. And then I'm going to be right. doing that for the next three, four years as they come out with one, two, three, seven billion of whatever that series <laughs> is. And then people are like, why don't you write new content? It's like, I'm busy. They're paying me money. This is what I wanted to do. Uh, mm -hmm. But I do hope to, if I can, though hopefully I don't have to, uh, just go straight from finishing this to writing arc two, three, four, and then finish up the entire series without anyone paying attention on a higher level. I hope that doesn't happen, but yeah. I, I do want to finish it. Uh, there's a balance there, but well, 
if I don't receive any support while actually doing all this, Arc 2 may happen, but after that, I don't know. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it's really ambitious, and that's, yeah. a lot of people agree with me when I say that. Um, but I don't really want to do a talk podcast or a monologue where someone's just adding sound effects to their own um, you know, self-soundtrack. Right. Uh, I, I don't have disdain for anyone that does that stuff because, you know, it's easy enough. It lets you make content and it's really cool. And there's a lot of people that have more fans than my series because they come out with content a lot faster. Yeah. It takes a good two, three months per episode that we're doing. And that's if the people that are in college as my audio engineers don't have finals that are keeping them for an entire <laughs> month and a half from being able to do anything. Uh, I admire both of them for how much uh, effort they have put in. And I owe them at least each another $1,500 for all the effort that they put in. Um, so we'll get that worked out. Uh, yeah. It's a, yeah, that's a, that's a very heady project that you've got going. So yeah. I, uh, I applaud you for taking that, taking that on because it's, I don't, I don't think, cause that's got to cause a lot of stress. I mean, just doing <laughs> all that. What do you do to decompress from all that? Uh, for the first six to eight months, I didn't play any of video games, which really sucked. Because I was addicted to continuing this series. I was just in the zone doing this every day. It was my life. Yeah. Uh, eventually, I kind of cracked a little bit. And I was like, I need to do this. And everyone kept telling me, like, you need to take a break. But it didn't hit me until that point where I was like, now, now I need to. And now I'm at a stage where I can. Um, and that was a really good break for me. But um, what did you do during the break? I took an entire week. I did not go anywhere because I'm not like a, a vacationer where I leave the state. Uh, I played video games all week. Uh, all, right. all the stuff that I had not been able to play that other people had been talking about for months, I beat everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's what I did. Uh, right. And that was kind of me feeling like, hey, you know, I actually still have my gamer cred. Like when a new game comes out and I feel like I can play for 22 hours straight, that's the kind of stuff. Oh yeah, I can, I can still do that. I'm 30. I'm not dead yet. You know, uh, because when I was really deep into the project, when I would boot up a game, uh, like after that time, I was so busy. I, I never felt like between now when I get off work and when I need to go to bed, I can do more than half an hour to 45 minutes before I started falling asleep. Like <laughs> too much brain activity. Cause I love playing games yeah. that engage my mind more than it does my hands. Um, yeah. So when I would do that, I would start falling asleep and I'm like, maybe I've lost it. You know, maybe being 30 years old and not physically capable of actually holding up to video games like this. Maybe I just can't do that anymore. And I'm, I should just stick to writing stories rather than actually gaming. But when I took that vacation, I was like, yes, I can still do this. I just need the time and the lack of stress. So yeah. it was really refreshing to know that I was not lost in uh, not being who I was to feel like I earned being the writer of this story that's all about an MMORPG. So, you know, that was good to know that people didn't have to lose faith in me of being a poser and writing about something I can't even do anymore. <laughs> um, so, no, it's, I mean, it's, it, yeah, that, that, I mean, that does sound super stressful. I mean, especially if you're, if you're having to, you know, I know, I know you'd probably love to be able to, produce these more quickly than, you know, the two or three months that it takes for everything yeah. to come together. Uh, but which that, that to me 
alone would be, oh man, I just need to get it out because I need to keep the people happy. And, you know, I understand that. So I actually used to be uh, one of the channels on the podcast junkie thing, but I got so depressed because uh, all these other fellow podcasters that I I love talking to were releasing content every two to four weeks, sometimes five, Mm -hmm. because they're slightly larger, but not on the scale of what we're doing. Uh, or maybe they actually just literally no life doing all the production of their stuff. And they're able to do that with just themselves and a few other people providing voices. Um, but me, I, I farm that out to the audio engineers. Greatly respect. They're more talented than I will ever be. Um, but with it taking two months for an episode, there's people asking me, like, you have no updates. Should we just close the channel? And the second time I ever heard that, I was like, yeah, close it down. I'll still talk with some of you guys, but I can't commit to being a common channel on here because I'm just not releasing content like podcasters. So I felt bad for a short time, only a short time. I felt like I'm not really someone that belongs in the podcaster community. I belong in a screenwriter community, but I still don't even feel fit in with them because they're all Hollywood selling scripts to directors. I'm doing it all myself and I'm making something from scratch. Um, so I didn't know where I belonged. Um, but also I'm not stopping at being a podcaster. I don't really want to keep reminding other podcasters what I'm doing is not stopping there as if stopping there is a problem. Um, I just, it was, you just have other media, media venues that you're, you're, you're seeking out additional ones. So you're not solely podcasting and that's fine. Yeah. I I think, and I, I, I mean, (laughs) to me, that just creates more stress in my head. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I, I envy you and don't envy you at the same time. <laughs> I feel that way towards a lot of other people as well. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think, you know, for, for what you're going for, you should be proud of what you're doing. And it sounds like you are. Uh, and I can appreciate that very much. When so, I see the new content, I feel a lot better, but when it's <laughs> been a drought for about two. Well, it's actually been, uh, it will be five months at least since our last episode. Wow. Because we had some issues, uh, personal issues that kept our audio engineers from actually doing anything. Because going back to college, coming back from college, finals, all that stuff, personal health, all that stuff, you know, blocked out a good two and a half months for either of them working. And then file transfer between one to the other, then back because they wasn't sure who was going to pick it up. Um, Yeah, but we're back on track now, fortunately. Good. So... It feels like at the beginning of November, we should have an episode released, but I'm going to be talking with them to make sure everything's going to go right. Excellent. Yeah. So, um, so, so when, uh, when you have your actors do their, I mean, are your actors working together or you just say, here's your part of the script. You read this and record it and send it to me. And then I, or how, how do you, how do you do that? Uh, I actually just give them the entire script. Um, mm. I was going to do something where I highlight everything for their specific thing and give out individual ones uh, catered to every single person so they knew exactly everything they need to read. Um, we never got a formatting thing that actually worked for that because apparently when you just try to do it through a PDF uh, editor, it doesn't actually select everything properly. Uh, I don't know why that didn't work. Um, so I tried doing that. It was a failed experiment. So I just kept giving them all the entire thing uh i i tell them and it's a guideline for all voice actors to read through the entire episode or at least read through the entire scene in which your character is lines in so you know mm-hmm. all the context going into it um but a lot of them will control left through the entire thing find their lines do their lines and then i'll end up just 
telling him, hey, redo this because it sounds like you weren't even make, you know, paying attention. Um, yeah. Or I didn't have to do that that much. Uh, sometimes it was just like, you're not in the right emotional context. Go and re-listen to this episode where you're last actually were dealing with the situation. Kind of re-get into that scene and then do it. Um, but like I said, I write a long uh, emotive blurb for the people for every single line. So you know, this is how that character reacted to when that person said that or did that or when that person's running at you with an axe. Like, <laughs> uh, this is how you're supposed to be sounding because maybe this character would run and scream while this other person would just stand in there and actually parry the blow. Um, so I need to tell you exactly what kind of mood you're in because the character who does one of those things might do something slightly different because of the context that was right before it. Um, so all that stuff I write into there, I try to actually get into the head of the characters so that they don't have to worry too much about interpreting it themselves. Um, right. So, that- so, so everybody, so then everybody is recording their own thing individually, not with another actor. Correct. There is no ensemble recording that we do. Um, there are some that I, I greatly respect that do that, like splintered caravan. Uh, they get everyone together and actually do a group recording and then they edit it all. Um, I respect people that can actually do that. But I have people all the way across the United States, some people in Canada. I have one, uh, somebody who's German, uh, at least three or four people that are in Great Britain. Um, I think I brought on some extras that are in Australia, mm. um, all over the place. So we can't get into the same room. Uh, <laughs> my condo is not big enough for 30 people. You're just not trying. <laughs> Pay me. Seriously. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, it's that, yeah, that would, it would be next to impossible to yeah. do that unless you had lots and lots of money. Which, yeah, fortunately, uh, <laughs> since I'm grabbing from a giant pool of people that are voice actors, uh, they're already vetted in having the equipment and the space to be able to record properly without the, uh, reverb or the echo or, uh, background noise. Cause you know, I can hear that fan or something in the background on yours. Uh, I would be yelled at if I actually sent in any edition that actually had anything like that. Um, <laughs> so that's the kind of stuff that we have to deal with as individual voice actors where right. uh, when I just get a whole bunch of them together, if I hear background noise or my audio engineer hears background noise, that doesn't just affect their takes. That affects the reputation as a voice actor because we can report back and be like, yeah, we're not going to use you for that because you know you should know not to do that. You, you should turn off your AC when you're doing that and then melt inside oh, yeah. of your booth because that's how you get lines done. Right. Um, so. Yeah, no, I, one of my, one of my favorite, uh, when I, uh, one of the, the first digital audio workstation I got after audacity, because it seems like everybody starts with audacity. Uh, it was Reaper and I got talked into a Reaper by watching a video series done by uh, Mike Delgado. Yeah. Booth junkie. Yeah, booth junkie, and I mean, and his voice is so amazing, <laughs> and and watching watching him do his videos and explain that, and then and and, and since then I've watched you know all his his uh, his different uh, microphone different uh, challenges and uh, and you know how setting up his booth and how to do you know the right uh, luffs and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so I, I kind of you know I got kind of inspired into that that line of thought of doing the voice acting from him, just from wanting to look for a better doll. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I give him props because he, he's got, he's got, he's got this smooth, silky voice. Yeah. <laughs> that you, you love to hear. And his little audio booth is perfect. Um, 
so yeah, I, I enjoyed that. And so, yeah, props to you guys who do that. Cause it's, it's a whole lo- other level of focus. I mean, I know he does like audiobooks and, and stuff and they have uh, like uh, Kindle has their own requirements for when you upload files to them. And so, yeah, yeah that's a, that's a, that's a level that I haven't quite gotten to yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking on that uh, audiobooks and stuff like that, um, that actually will make you more money than trying to be a professional uh, animation voice actor. And really? Yes, uh, because there's not a lot of uh, demand to work in that field because not a lot of people want to do long form reading. Uh, a lot of people mm-hmm. are exhausted by it or they can't actually maintain their voice over that long period of time or uh, they never put in the time to learn how to very quickly manage all of their uh, audio engineering. Mm-hmm. And something that a lot of people that start out trying to do uh, audiobooks gets... Uh, it's kind of their fallout period of like freshmen dropping out is Mm. it takes them about six to eight times as long of the recording itself to edit that into a uh, correct format. While people that have been doing it for about three, four plus years can actually do it about three times the actual audio length. So when you're talking about a book, that's a good 30 hour read, you're looking at a new person. It'll take them months to actually do this with free time outside of work because that entire time you're not getting paid. Um, While someone that's actually doing this as a career, they can get that done in a couple of weeks Um, and they get their money. They're good for the rest of the month. It's a huge, you know, couple thousand dollars or more that they have in their pocket from all of that. And uh, yeah, it's not for everyone. It's really intimidating. Um, But it's a lesson that a lot of voice actors need to learn, which is, you know, playing your favorite character in a cartoon. uh, There's maybe only like 20, 25 people in the United States that play 80% of the characters because John DiMaggio, uh, Mark Hamill, (laughs) Jerry Lowenthal, Steve Bloom, a lot of the big names, you just keep seeing them everywhere. Or maybe there's some people that are a little bit into doing TV that also do voice acting and their careers in the acting guild kind of just blend through. Uh, So getting new voice actors, they usually come in through lower end projects that people haven't heard of, or perhaps new IPs that, you know, are kind of risky. So they want to not pay people as much for it. So that's kind of how they get in. But uh, doing that full time, there's even full time people that you've heard of, maybe not the Steve Blooms of the world, but they still have a part time job while they're living in L.A. because it's so uh, expensive there. But they have to live in L.A. to get those jobs. So mm-hmm. you it's really hard to make voice acting a full time career unless you do it commercial, uh, which that's actually the biggest money maker, whether you live in Chicago, New York or L.A., you know, doing commercial work is actually some of the best. Or if you just work radio, I mean, that's your job, but you don't really think of yourself as a voice actor. Um, but other than that, there's audiobook, there's um, doing uh, business recording, like uh, the telecom systems. Uh, and there's educational stuff, like when you're at your office and they say, here, a new training thing has come in. Mm, Listen mm-hmm. to Fix It Tom. And, you know, (laughs) you play that character and maybe you get paid like a couple thousand dollars per year by that company and you have 30 clients. So over the entire year, you just keep updating everything every year and that's your job. Um, So I didn't even thought of that. (laughs) Yeah, but that all pays you so much more because there's actual material uh, value behind that as opposed to playing a character where it's all based off of how 
famous you are or you know, sure. how good your agent is at negotiating rates. It's not like we know that if we get a good enough voice actor here, this product will sell another 250,000 units. We will voice uh, or this voice actor is worth a good like $40,000. That'll totally just be a good worth in it, you know, as opposed to just a character in a show. So, right. Um, yeah, that's. Yeah, it's fun. It's funny how that works out because, I mean, granted, I love I love Tom Kenny. I love Clancy Brown. And what they what they what they've done with in their voice acting, including including SpongeBob, uh, but uh, but you know, you don't know who that is unless you go look it up or watch the credits. Oh yeah, and so yeah, it's kind of, I, I it's kind of like the same issue I have with celebrities getting getting into podcasting. Yeah, I'm like you're already a celebrity. <laughs> you're on TV. You don't need this. You know, there's just little guys out here trying to make things happen for ourselves. You know, stick with your TV on NBC uh, or whatever. You know? That's why I was extremely happy that, uh, even though I don't really like Apple and all their practices, I very much appreciate the iTunes podcasting, uh, category mix up mm-hmm. where they added a whole bunch because right. previously, uh, my show category was, podcasting technology or technology podcasting, which means I was in the same bucket as everyone else, including all of these people like um, uh, Joe Rogan. I have to compete with Joe Rogan in the ring. <laughs> Good luck. Um, but now I'm not competing against the people that already make tons of money and record three hours, two to three times per week. When I only, uh, send out an episode every two to three months that's 15 minutes um you know i'm now in fiction um science fantasy or science fiction uh video gaming that kind of stuff i'm in a couple of different things that are a little bit more niche uh that i might fall in with uh like D. Uh, i might fall in with uh people that talk podcasting about video games that's the mm-hmm. stuff I'll share in. And maybe there's some bigger people than me. Obviously there are. Um, but I'll still be able to have people find me a lot easier than the people that talk 10 hours a week on recordings. Because uh, it's harder to create content that's original in a fiction thing. Uh, right. Unless you're literally just doing it yourself, adding you know your own you know soundboard. Yeah, the big name that I can think of that you would compete against would be like Welcome to Night Vale. Yeah. Because that's kind of that same... You know, there's multiple characters. I mean, granted, most of it's Cecil, but uh, yeah, but the, but there are multiple characters, and it's kind of that sci-fi uh, horror setting in the in the way that Twilight Zone is. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I can. But yeah, it's so there's because there's tons of podcasts out there like mine where we just talk to people. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, and say I think when I started, I don't even know if I've updated mine since since the new categories have rolled out for this one. Because uh, yeah, I think I'm under podcast technology. Yeah. Something because because I mean really we're about podcasts and podcasting. Yeah. Um, but it's really about more about getting to know the podcasters and their process and why they do what they do, what inspires them. Uh, you know, cause uh, you know, like Zach who runs podcast junkie, you know, he, he wants to go out and review the podcasts themselves and that's great. We, we go behind the scenes and talk to the go, the guys who create. Yeah. And, and so I, I think what we, what podcast junkie and we do is really kind of hand in hand about getting, getting to know the entire, the entirety of the, of each show. 
Yeah, it's not really uh, bragging rights, but I was actually the one that talked with Zach about setting up his Discord in the first place. Oh, nice. Yeah, um, <laughs> it, I, I have no celebrity status for that. Uh, but yeah, he jumped into my Discord before his existed. So, um, but we talked about it and, you know, it's a great idea and it's blown up since and I'm happy for him. Yeah. Um, but we have been talking for months on end back and forth of like, when are we going to do Cyberscape Neo? When are we going to actually review that? Uh, and I was like, wait until we have a few more episodes out. And then since we, they started taking even longer to come out, I was thinking the entire first season was going to be done by now when actually like it'll probably be mid next year. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, I want to wait until at least some of the you know really intense episodes come out before he actually looks into that and is able to grasp more of the entire story. Um, he is already a fan of the show. We already still talk a little bit. Uh, it's been a little bit, but uh, you know, I really wanted to be able to provide him enough content to really make an informed decision uh, or be able to write more than just here's all the characters, but nothing's happened yet. Uh, right. So you, you've got the setup so far. <laughs> yeah. If you were to hear it, you'd get to episode seven and you'd start to see where stuff is starting to actually hit that. Uh, it's going to be wrapping up via the final climax uh, soon. Uh, right. But we're not there yet. So I'm like, I keep teetering on the decision of like, maybe I should get people to review this or maybe I should just wait until someone actually comes around and likes it. But the stuff that I want to happen has not happened yet. Uh, and that always feels weird. Cause it's like, did I not pace it correctly? And I keep re-listening to the episodes. I'm like, no, everything happened as it should, but uh, maybe the season should have been 20 episodes instead of 10 and not all the important stuff happens in like three of them. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it's, it's a hard game out there trying to figure out exactly how you're going to go about doing, uh, what you, what you, what, you know, there's no, I, it's like, there's no right or wrong necessarily, mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to podcasting, you know, I mean, schedule, the only thing I can say is uh, for schedules is people look for regularity. Um, that's the big thing I've had. I've had some issues with Podscure about that because, you know, sometimes Don and I, like I said, my co-host, we don't, we have schedules that conflict yeah. uh, and we just can't do it. Um, so like right now he's got, he's sick and we haven't recorded in a while. So I said, you know what, I'm going to do it on my own and we'll get back together. And, and I've done these on my own before, uh, not too often, but it's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, 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 so I guess I'm trying to stick to at least some regularity. So that, I think, you know, that's for what you're doing. That's super hard when you've got so many people having to tote, a piece of the ball, yeah. you know? <laughs> but a lot of them, and, and then, enough of them, and they're not going to let it hit the ground because there's too many to actually let it hit the ground. Like, right. You can't exactly. Between them. Uh, <laughs> it just, it just may get delivered a little bit slowly yeah. than you, than you had hoped, but it's going to get there. Uh, to be honest, I would probably say the sound design is actually what takes up most of the time. Uh, there's a lot of the grunt work and actually just putting all the voices where they should be. But, uh, because of the level of quality that we're going for, which is basically you, you can probably listen to a, uh, an episode of an animation and strip out all the visuals and then listen to that in an informed way in which the sound actually does actually get you from, you know, scene to scene. And that's basically mm -hmm. what we are. Um, we do make sure that everything makes sense and that you're just hearing it as well as I have the transcripts from my entire script formatted. So you can read through all the action and know what's happening. Um, nice. so in case that actually really helps with like proper names, the actual scene transitions, all that kind of stuff, you know, 
I make sure you're not confused. Uh, or if you are, I have an entire discord and you can come and bug me and ask questions. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, well, you know, I personally look forward to, to listening to it because, you know, like I said, gorilla interviews, it's like, we don't know each other. And we're saying, Hey, you want to come and talk and let's find out about you and your podcast. And that's, you know, it's kind of like when you're at a party, you know, and most of us podcasters are introverts and we don't go to parties. <laughs> so, so, so we, ha we go to discord yeah, <laughs> and we meet up that way. Uh, so yeah, that's, and that's really what we want to do. We the big guys, like you were talking about Joe Rogan's and, and all those other people like that they don't really deserve the recognition. So we want to spread the word, get the love to the guys who, who really deserve it, who are sweating out their own sweat and blood, you know, to create a product or well, I want to say a product, their passion mm -hmm. for people to, to check out. And so I, that's what we, that's what we appreciate. If, if you're willing to, to go to that effort, you know, you deserve, you know, you deserve some time. Yeah. And I appreciate there being podcasts like yours. So that this actually gets around, um, I still get a little bit of listenership, but you know, it's really difficult with where we are in the production, uh, to actually grab people because I don't really want to market. Hey, we're an unfinished production. Come listen to ours. It's an <laughs> unfinished story. So you won't know the ending for a year. Uh, it's really hard to sell that to people, but, um, well, they, they bought into Buffy at the beginning. True. So. <laughs> you know, the, all the Joss Whedon stuff. I mean, it's on, you know, what you're doing is not drastically different from that. So they, if they, if they bought into those things, you know, they, if you just got to sell that dream, just yeah. like you, like you're like, you've created it. And I, you know, to me, what I'm inspired by what you've said. So I will definitely go check you out. Uh, it may not be my style of thing yeah. to listen to, but I definitely, you know, you've, de you deserve my time. So yeah. I, I and so uh, I will definitely go check that out and I will have, I will definitely recommend everyone else check you out. So, and by the way, where can ever tell me, tell me everywhere you can be found and also send me that via DM and I'll put that in my show notes. So sure. everyone will know where to find you. Uh, our primary webpage is uh, titaniumtemplar.com, as in the metal and uh, the night Templar um, titaniumtemplar.com. Um, I, I believe we also redirect cyberscapeneo.com, but you know, I don't know if that's messed up in the last month. You can try it, but um, go and try it yourself before you actually add that to it. Uh, okay. On Twitter, uh, I'm at uh, TT Deverin for Titanium Templar Deverin. Uh, I also have Cyberscape Neo as a Twitter handle and uh, Titanium Templar as a handle. Um, let's see. I On my webpage, I also have links to my Discord, my Patreon, um, I believe we're going to be adding a coffee soon uh, because there's some people that don't want to do subscription payments over months. Um, and I also will be having, I believe it's already on there, my Shopify link that's going to be on there. So you can actually buy the merch directly from my page. Um, I currently have those. Um, yeah, it's a giant bag of them. So if you <laughs> buy them, I have them. Um, so, Let's see. Uh, where else can you get to me? Um, yeah. Yeah, an Instagram. Uh, I, I have an Instagram, but we're not really using it much. Uh, it's where a lot of the art was going to go, but I'm currently doing yeah. a WIP Work in Progress Wednesdays, uh, in which mm -hmm. I'm posting one piece of character art and my thoughts on the character themselves, as well as the art and the design that went into them. Uh, we mm -hmm. have all of that character art in the uh, official art channel on our Discord. 
So pretty much any of the materials that you actually want to know or see or any of the cast members that maybe you want to talk to when they're free, don't don't harass them. Uh, or if you want to <laughs> talk to me, you know, I work from home. So that's one of the great things. You can ask me questions any time of day and I'll get back to you within a, at least eight hours. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, because one of the things I was thinking, one, one, of, one of the things that, w- that I do for or try to do for both podcasts when I when I have time is create. Uh, I don't know if you've used Headliner at all, but creating uh, it's a really cool thing where you can get uh, you can take like a minute of your audio that you find interesting, put a put put a piece of artwork in, and it'll create an audiogram with oh. uh, with the uh, with the uh, the closed captioning in there. Uh, you may have to fix some of it sometimes, but that's it's a you know I can generally create one and. Eh, 15 minutes or so nice so i just select my piece of my piece of audio upload it there uh and you get i think you get to do 10 of them for free a month so nice uh yeah and so and i use and i put that on twitter and on facebook and all that other stuff uh and and so and instagram so that's kind of where instagram is good for me Hmm. uh is when i do that i'll definitely look into that because uh Uh, A lot of this stuff, I try to get away with doing that, but I'm not an audio engineer. So if it clips it Mm -hmm. itself and uh, I can just mess with it, then, uh, yeah, you know, I I can do that. Uh, Yeah. If you've got the, if you've got the MP3 uh, of the, of of what you need, you know, and you can trim it down to a minute and just upload it and put a graphic in there. And and the only thing, the only thing you really need to worry about, if you already have the audio is just to make sure that the, uh, the closed captioning is, is correct. Yeah. Uh, with the timing of the file. Uh, cause that's the only, that's the, that's the thing that takes me the longest is, you know, especially when there's a number of us talking, <laughs> you know, all the And sometimes at the same time, I'll have to say, okay, at this part, I'm going to say, I'm going to put the end of this word and, you know, uh, so, uh, it's, but it's a handy tool and I, I highly recommend it. Also, I don't know if you're on, uh, the podcast support network on Facebook, um, I believe I am. Uh, uh, okay. Sarah, uh, is she the one that runs it? Uh, Ellen Zaltzman. Okay. I'm not sure, uh, if, um, I, I might've gotten linked by somebody, but I believe I'm on there. Yeah. Okay. Cause that's a good one for, fi- for finding resources as well. If you need other sound engineers, uh, there's often people, you know, they'll say, they'll tell you what their rates are for right. sound engineering. If you need that kind of thing. Cause, uh, I, whenever you, whenever I need advice for podcasting, I know you're not you are, yourself are not the podcaster person, yeah. <laughs> but aside from making that available, uh, but uh, it's it's a handy tool to find resources for. They also, I know they have uh, they they have resources for voice actors as well, uh, and uh, and audio engineering. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a it's a handy tool to have, uh, and just I, I like to frequent there just to see what other people are doing, right? Because um, it's uh, it's interesting to hear what's new in the podcast community. Um, and Helen Zaltzman, I think she's been, she's probably one of the longest time podcasts. I think she's been podcasting since 2005. She's out of the UK, um, and, uh, has been to a lot of the, the conventions for podcasting. So, uh, cause she's a, a well-known name and there's probably like 45, 50,000 people in that, in that group. So <laughs> it's a good one to be in. Yeah. I plugged a couple of the episode releases on there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, her, 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 her wank or weekend wank fest that she has. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, if I have one more thing to plug, it's going to be uh, specifically one of the rewards uh, for being a patron. Uh, there's a little bit of a, a multi reward there thing. Cause we actually just restructured our Patreon. Uh, uh, 
Rather, there's very minimal difference between $2 a month and $20 a month or a billion dollars per month. You know, we don't really care how much <laughs> per month you're actually doing, but there's a milestone system we set up um, where uh, there's a chart I can actually just throw and pass you over Discord. But uh, essentially, after you hit certain milestones, uh, I can actually write certain parts of a character that you've made into canon in one way or another into my story as if... <laughs> You're nice. writing a character into the MMORPG. Um, I've done this for a couple of the people that have already donated over $100. Um, I actually have a character generator for the MMORPG that uh, uh, I'm kind of building the um, mechanics on the side uh, to make sure that when I actually pit two characters up against each other, I know mechanically who would win uh, and how <laughs> and why and what abilities people have. Because I need to do this for combat scenes to know what they would do, what it would actually do when they did it, um, you know, who's good at what, and whether or not that makes them a fair character because I had to actually build all their stats. Um, so I'm crazy like that. Uh, <laughs> it's so, like it's almost like you're not just a director, but you're a GM. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, these characters that I have, I actually have all 11 of the core characters statted out in their own character sheets. And I have one of my core staff artists actually writing um, or drawing up the assets to make it a real character sheet as if you're playing a JRPG with the background mm -hmm. and everything formatted. Um, so when that's actually done, or even right now, if you reach over $100 total on Patreon, I will actually make a character of yours on there. Uh, after higher milestones, we'll actually do the full character art. Uh, we'll actually find a voice actor for your character to do some voice lines on the character sheet where you can click them like a soundboard. Um, nice. The 500 level is uh, I will actually write a single one scene backstory for your character according to what you want them to be doing in the game. Uh, and then the $2,500 level is the highest one I have right now. No one's going to get there for a while. Challenge me on this if you can with your money. Um, <laughs> but I will write an entire episode for your character. And whether you want to wait for other people to hit that level as well, I can write multiple characters and a group together. And this is going to be all in a side series of episodes I write that goes parallel to the series. It's all canon, but you're not going to be interfering with the main story. You're going to be somewhere else mm. in the timeline. Um, it's like Fear of the Walking Dead versus The Walking Dead. Kind of, yeah. You still get to enjoy the series. There's still some stuff that's referenced. And perhaps there's some stuff that's part of your side story that gets referenced in the main story as being canon. Um, hmm. So that's the kind of stuff I want to do. I want more stuff to write, perhaps more side stuff that people get to enjoy. Um, and I'd still love to bring on 50 more voice actors if there's going to be a whole bunch of people that pay me money to let me do it. Um <laughs> But something I have going on right now is a, uh, a contest that's going between now and January 1st, which is if you've actually been a patron at any level, whether it's $2 or $20, for two consecutive months, or you buy a piece of merch, or you actually Discord Nitro my server, you know, uh, or really support me in some other way, uh, I will actually enter you in in some of a raffle-like thing so that uh, on January 1st, I'll select the top person, maybe a couple of other ones, and uh, you'll win the $100 level milestone, so I'll make the character. Oh, wow. uh, as well as the one who actually gets all the way at the top, I'll do the 500 level. I'll write your uh, one scene side story. Um, nice. So I want to be able to do that with someone to be able to show off that entire process, and maybe that could be you. So That's awesome.
Yeah. So yeah, definitely send me all your links because I want I want to have them properly in the show notes. Uh, but yeah, I, I I love I love the idea of what you're doing, and I can't wait to listen to what you've got going on. And I highly recommend all of our listeners go check you out as well. So, uh, Benjamin Deverin, yeah. <laughs> however you prefer to be called, uh, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. And, uh, I hope you, uh, get all the recognition that you're looking for because you are definitely a passionate person about, uh, of the, uh about your project. And I can, uh, I can only hope it goes well for you. <laughs> thank you very much. You're quite welcome. All right. So, uh, thank you. And we will talk to you again soon. Take care now. Uh, oh, yeah. And as we always say here on Podscure, eat bacon, give hugs, pet dogs, and we love you. Bye now. Hi. Thanks for listening to this episode of Podscure. If you like us, subscribe and give us a nice review. You can do so on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or podchaser.com. If you'd like to send us an email, you can reach us at hosts at podscure.com. And you can pretty much find us on all the social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram at Podscure. And uh, please join us next time. Okay? We love you. Bye.